gentlemen, friends and family, children of all ages, we are happy to be back and bringing you another episode of Plucking Strings with Ted and Alice Miller. And we are here once again in Yankton, South Dakota, more specifically at the Copper Room located above Ben's Brewing Company. I mention this because the Copper Room has been very helpful in bringing singer-songwriter live music to this town. Um, it's been a wonderful music venue for people to come listen to this original mm-hmm. music. And also, on a selfish note, a wonderful place for us to get to meet musicians to interview on this podcast. And the podcast we are doing. Yes, we decided, we know, we've noticed enough musicians coming into the area that we decided why not bring them in, get to know them, let you guys get to know them, hear their stories, their ups and downs, their highs and lows of uh, living the songwriter life. And uh, I guess we should say that we live the songwriter life a little too, don't we? We do. Is it time for a shameless plug? I think plug? it's time for Alice to roll with the shameless plug. <laughs> roll on, woman. We are songwriters ourselves. Our band name is... Ted and Alice Miller. Surprise. Woo! Original. And you can find us on our uh, Facebook page. You can find us on our website, tedandalicemiller.com. Mm-hmm. And going back to that Facebook page, if you do find us, give our page a like. We get super excited. We might even do a little happy dance. We do the Ren and Stimpy shuffle sometimes. Yeah, woo yep. And then also, you can find our music on most digital platforms. Please find it, like it, download it, uh, add it to your playlist, whatever you need to do to help us share it, get it out there. It's our fans mm-hmm. that help us continue to write music, play music, and get to travel a little and have as much fun as we are. Absolutely. And on the on the digital note, uh, as this podcast, Plucking Strings with Ted and Alice Miller, make sure to uh, add it to whichever podcast listening platform you prefer. Please subscribe. Please write a review. Please tell a friend. We want we want to continue to doing this for a while and bringing you uh, interesting people. So Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Overcast, TuneIn, make sure to uh, utilize whichever form you want. We're out there on all of them. With that being said, we want to thank Ben Hanton of Ben's Brewing Company and the Cop Room for pro- providing us the space for the podcast and for live music, not just for us, but for all of the other musicians, musicians coming into the area. With that being said, I think it's time to get on to our first guest, Alice, don't you think? Well, our second guest. Our second guest. Our I second keep, guest. I'm so <laughs> excited about this podcast. Like the, everyone's the first one. Everyone is the first one. Yeah. we have Tonight's Jay, guest. Yeah, tonight's guest. <laughs> we have Jay Hensler here with us, and we can't wait to learn more about Jay. Absolutely. Tune in, everybody. Thank you. So, friends, we're here back at the Copper Room today with our friend Jay Hensler. Hi. Hi, Jay. Thanks you know, for did, coming. We didn't have to go real far to find Jay today, did we? No, we didn't. <laughs> and uh, and thanks for having me. This is this is awesome. Oh, Absolutely. you're welcome. We're looking forward to, to it. And I'm uh, excited to just touch for a moment again on how the wonders of craft beer can bring about um, friendship and conversations and connections. Before we got started, you and I were talking about Ben's beers and yep. um, how it suddenly seems okay to talk about how many of his beers I've tried or this, that, or the other thing. And yeah. Oh, same here. <laughs> yeah. So do you, um, are you, I, know, I mean, I know you love Ben's beers, but mm-hmm. when you travel out and about, are you a brewery finder? We do. We typically go find tap rooms or breweries, whatever, you know, and yeah. try to try what they have on tap, get mm-hmm. crawlers, whatnot. Yeah, so absolutely. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's just a good time to do. It's something yeah. to, Do you find that that experience is different than if you were, per se, at just a bar? I shouldn't say just a bar. <laughs> yeah, but. it kind of depends. Like if it's a tap room mm-hmm. or a yeah. you know, brewery setting or a bar setting, it mm-hmm. just all depends. I, I would say that. But it's fun to sit around there and you see people come in and they'll get a beer and they'll take a sip and they're just like, ah, oh, you know, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. so good. That's, that, that's what I enjoy. with the Yeah. The, and then like up here where we combine the live music with it and like that's... Yep. That makes it that much. Yeah. It's a good equation. I know. Yep. It's, I, I am not, I can tend to be kind of shy. Believe it or not, I can. Huh? And um, I'm not one to really just strike up conversation with a stranger. But I've found that when we go around to different breweries or here or here in the copper room, um, I, I will. It's like we're trying different 
flavors of beers. You know, it's just yep. natural to say, hey, so what did you think about this? What kind of notes did you get? Yeah, Anyhow. it's like a common ground. So yeah. it helps foster. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It starts the conversation. That's right. Put it that way. And so you were, you were saying earlier, is it your, I can't recall, is it your... Uh, studio or garage or is it a combination of the two that is wall that is uh has a special wallpaper it, it's involved in my, it's in my garage okay. and I'm, I'm up to 88 crawler labels on the wall and <laughs> again i don't know if i should be ashamed of that or if that should be a proud moment i think it should be a pretty proud moment i think one of these nights we should be um singing 88 crawlers <laughs> on the or 88 crawler labels on the wall or invited something. to jay's garage and invited to jay's studio for a jam session and here work. we go song idea that's right that's, good idea yeah. Has spawned yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, totally unrelated to our musical podcast, but not because. Um because we're know. sitting here in a brewery. Exactly. And, it, and we're sitting here at the Copper Room. That's and, super cool. Yeah. yeah. So, the first question I guess I have for you, Jay, and um, we've gotten to know you a little bit through our uh, musical friendships we've made up here the open mic that ben's been doing on wednesday yeah. nights open mic's been awesome yeah it's all the networking with all the musicians locally that's been yeah, so much yeah. fun so we should give the audience listening our open mic that happens here at the copper room in yankton uh above ben's uh we ben started it i believe in january and we're going through march yep it, well actually, i think this is the last one this tomorrow. coming wednesday which yeah. is uh in yeah in march which by the march. time people hear this podcast it will already be done they but you can find prepared for the next one i know but year. they could there find all the videos yeah. so once a week yeah. videos were recorded what week were you and chris recorded we followed you guys so on we the second week. second week yeah. yep right on yeah. right yeah. on that was such a fun experience oh it was just like recording Recording anything anytime is a fun experience. And yeah. that was yeah. that was really super yeah. cool. So I'm gonna take a second to tell listeners if they're interested to um go to Bren, Ben's Brewing Company on YouTube mm -hmm. and you can find those open mic night videos. Yep. Because every hear, week they've been recorded. They're all gonna be on there yeah. amongst yeah. others, actually. Yeah. yeah. We have had you know, for the most part for this first year, this is the first year Ben's done it up here at the Copper Room. Uh but mostly all local. There's been some, you know, we've had some Sioux Falls, South Dakota musicians, some Iowa musicians. Uh, but there's been some great talent. Yeah, they're all, anyone that's uh, hosted the open mic, they can find that on YouTube, can't they? One of their performances. Yeah. Including Jay Hensler, who's our guest today. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> enough, enough of I feel like I'm talking too much. This is about you, Jay. No, not so, at all. So, we've, what I was saying is we've had a chance to get to know you a little bit, but Let's let our audience have a chance to know you a okay, little better. Yep. So and, tell uh, us a little about yourself. Well, I am a original Yanktonite. You are. I, You're a native Yankton I, native. I, my family moved here when I was two years old, okay. basically. Oh, awesome. So I've been here for the bulk of my life. Um, moved away in 1980 to Lincoln, Nebraska. Went to school, started a family, moved back home in 87. So what, been what did since. you go to school for? Respiratory therapy. Ah. I've been doing it for 38 years now. Wow, awesome. So, yeah, that's my real job. <laughs> music's my part-time job. You yeah. have part-time in the passion, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, good life in Yankton, no complaints. Um, my musical inspiration, uh, my mother played in a jazz band. She had a five-piece, anywhere from a three-piece to five-piece jazz band, and they played locally at the Kochi, at the bowling alley, and at the uh, Chateau on Broadway. They were the house band for both those places. Oh, cool. Through, and my brothers are probably going to kill me because I'm not, a, I don't remember the details, but through the mid to late 60s and into the early 70s, they played regularly. And okay. she played organ, and my brother Kevin was a drummer for her. Todd was a saxophone player. Oh, then, and, and who was Todd then? These were all, this was all children of, or? Yeah, there's three brothers, brothers in my family. Kevin's okay. the oldest, Todd's the middle, and I'm the youngest. Okay. Todd was one of the Rumbles for 30. Oh. Maybe I know some the odd years. I remember yeah. the Rumbles yep. as a kid. Yeah. yeah. The, so anyway, yeah. so that's what I grew up with as a as a kid. You know, I was I was too young to be in the band, but the uh, brothers were. The, I know the feeling on that. <laughs> I'm going to get into that. But, so yeah, yeah. So again, grew up in Yankton, and that was what I got to experience and stuff as a kid. And it wasn't until later on in life that I became actually musical. Okay. I, was, I learned guitar in mid 30s. I suppose. Oh really. Okay, oh, so, so okay. tell us about, so one day you're like, hey, well, I really want to learn guitar. It's a good story. I was going over it in my head driving in here tonight, and uh, a good friend of mine is a carpenter, and he did some work on our house. He was also a musician, and he finished the work, and uh, 
probably a, a month prior to him being there, I had bought a guitar in a garage sale. It was a 1964 Gibson J50, and it was in tough shape, but it played. Mm-hmm. And I bought it as most people do. I'm going to learn to play the guitar. Never did. And it wound up standing <laughs> in the corner as a decoration in the living room. Mm-hmm. So uh, he finished the work, and he came over and he said, that guitar, he said, could I take that as partial payment? And I'm like, I didn't know you played. Why don't you show me some stuff? And he tuned it up and he noodled on it and played a little bit. And I'm like, no, man, you don't get that guitar. <laughs> no sale, huh? And I drove to town that very day, went to Mollet Music, talked, uh-huh. to, talked to Lanny. I said, where's, where's your how to play guitar books? And he said, here's my intro book, $12. I drove home and I started playing. And I was probably, I'm going to say 35-ish. I don't recall the exact year. Okay. So you started with a book? Yeah, just from, yeah, A chord. And, you know, 15 seconds between chord changes, if you remember the days of learning guitar. I mean, strum a chord and then, like, nice to get on the next chord. Get the calluses yeah. going yeah. on the hand, the yep. fingers. And, and that's how it started. I started playing. I, I can back up even further. That's when okay. I started playing guitar and actually okay. started having aspirations of actually being a musician. Um, However, my mom bought me a harmonica when I was 12 or 14 years old. Okay. My first harmonica, it was a chromatic honer, had 24 keys, octaves, slide uh, button, okay. and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've seen those, yeah. And I had that for quite a few years, played. Uh, I would play stuff like Chuck Mangione, Feel So Good, a lot of jazz. I was just getting in, I'd play along with records, and I just kind of fell out of it. And um, we moved down to Lincoln in 1981 and went through school and obviously started going to the zoo bar because that was in our backyard. And I really got into the blues scene down there. So I'd buy all the albums from the, whoever was playing at the zoo bar that night and take them home, play those albums and I'd jam harp along with them and just play endlessly, harp, harp, harp. And Lori would get so tired of me jamming out on harp and keeping everybody awake. She'd hide my harps in the freezer. Oh no. <laughs> so where's my harps? And she'd make me stay in the living room and she'd go get them out and let them warm up and give them to me. But <laughs> <laughs> That's cold, no pun. So yeah, so oh. harmonica, you know, started as a kid and that's been a constant in my life all the way through. Okay. okay. A lot of the reason I wanted to play guitar was because I played harmonica fluently, so I needed something to play rhythm so I could play harp to it. That was, that oh, was sure. a lot of it. And mm. along with the process, I, I've always been a good singer. I can do all the, all the levels of octaves and all that stuff. So same thing. Like, oh, man, I'm starting to learn to play guitar. This is cool. I can sing I can along see, with yeah. this thing. Yeah. yeah. And started learning covers, just as we all, as we all do, you know, whoever's musician. That's interesting. I, I think, I don't, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, mm-hmm. I, I've talked to multitude of guitar players in my life you know being and doing what we're doing but i think that's i think that's the first time i've heard somebody say they've learned guitar as the accompanying instrument yeah <laughs> you know to <laughs> accompany the harmonica you know usually or accompany the, the vocals yeah yeah but, and that's pretty much what it amounted to because you know just learning the chords learning chord progressions yeah and like i say pretty soon i'm like oh man i can sing to this this is super cool and then i bought one of those harp holders well yeah off to the races there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so how long did it t- sorry i maybe you'll get yeah. to that too but i'm so curious this like, is a how, great question that's where I was how going long next. did it take you like playing guitar learning from this book to where you were like i can play guitar and i can sing along and i can play these songs and i'll play them for people yeah i'm gonna say it probably took about a year just pretty just to get fluent with changing chords that's crazy. okay rhythmically for, for yeah rhythmically. really gotcha because it's just you have to make it almost an obsession and just do it a lot mm-hmm. and be, until it gets muscle memory and all that good stuff yeah. and um then I realized, wow, you know, I can sing to this, I can play harp to this stuff. Then I started learning covers. And I set, I did it in goals, because first I just wanted to learn how to make chord, chord progressions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, then it's like, okay, I'm going to learn a couple songs. And I, I'm going to learn these two songs. First song I ever learned was Horse With No Name by America. Okay. Two-chord song, man. You know, two chords yeah. all day long. <laughs> but, um, I can do this. And pretty soon it was like, okay, I've got these two songs. And I'm going I'm to learn 10 songs, and then 20 songs, and on it went. And... Again, that's kind of how I set myself up. So my kids were young. Our family was young at the time. We'd come home, you know, mow the lawn stuff, make supper, do homework with the kids, do baths, get them off to bed. And Hang some crawler stickers on the wall, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was that, long that, before that, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're here again. We're talking probably early 90s, right, I'm right. going to guess. Yep, Anyways, um, 
uh, so then get everybody to bed. It's like 1030. And that's my time. I'd go to the basement and I'd, I'd sit down there for two to three hours and just practice and practice and practice. Go to bed at one in the morning, get up, go to work, do it all over again. And that was honestly my constant for, I don't know, one to three years probably. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And finally came out of the basement and I was still pretty sketchy, but I could play, I had like a, I had a bag of 40 songs, you know, uh-huh. that I could play. And about that time, it's kind of a coincidence, uh, Jay Gilbertson started Open Mic. Okay. He actually started it in the basement of the old library building. I don't remember the name of the bar. Oh, okay. I always remember it being over at uh, Upper, Deck. Upper Deck. And then he but, eventually yeah. moved it over there, yep. And uh, that was huge for me because, wow, that's a stage. It's a sound system. It's like, you know, that's because a- you, can sit in, you can sit in the living room and play songs, but until you get on a stage and have a sound system going and all that distraction. And mm-hmm. the nerves, yes. if you get nervous at all, that yes. makes it oh. all different. Yeah. <laughs> However, the flip side of that, the overload of the ears, that's what I always remember the first time doing playing yeah. live, you know, just having the monitor screaming at you. But, but for yeah, me, that was, it was like a constructive tool. It was just so yeah. cool because, yeah. you know, wow, I got an open mic and I, I know these songs and playing with musicians they're putting lead on my stuff and it's like oh wow yeah super cool and eventually um the toadstool bar in fordash nebraska i remember yeah. the toadstool yeah, uh, we're nebraskans so brian <laughs> and uh was it brian pites that yep. owned that they owned it for a for, oh, a, for a they owned it for a, a window of time i can't say how long but they did you are correct yep. and uh we drove down there uh a friend's nephew was going to play a gig and he knew like 12 or 14 songs and we all showed up and we were hanging out and drinking and stuff and having a good time had supper and whatnot and he's playing his songs he played his 12 songs and he got done and we're like well play them over man he played them over again (laughs) and he goes well i'm done anybody want to come up and play anybody anybody a musician in the crowd and i'm like nobody's raising their hands so i said yeah I'll, i'll get up and play and i I held the stage the next two hours and just rattled off song after song had a great time End of the night, Brian came up. He's like, do you do this? Like, are you a musician? And I'm like, well, no, you know, but I, I'll try it. And so he hired us for the following weekend or whatever. When I say us, I contacted my brother, Kevin, him being a drummer. He had just gotten a set of uh, bongos and congas. Okay. So I said, hey, you want to try to throw together a throw together a gig? And we did, like, whatever, two weekends later, we played over at the Toadstool. At the end of that night, we had three more gigs booked oh wow people came up out of the yeah. crowd they're like you guys are great you know we'll, we'll yeah. book you. and that's how it started i that was 20 ish years ago okay and we've just been gigging along ever since so cool it's, it's funny we just was it valentine's day we played at what was the toadstool but now it's called the boondocks so yeah it was like yeah. that the place is still it the the building is still doing what it should be yep. doing you it know is. in that small little town good yeah. little restaurant good. too we were down there just recently so. okay yeah yeah but anyway that's that's kind of how it all started for me it just picked up momentum and i just never let it go it's been a i could probably call music an obsession i just have never let it go i keep coming back yeah. to it yeah and and we can see that when you play i mean we've seen you play live and uh we we know exactly that you're you're when you're up there you're into it you know yeah you oh know. and i'm i'm gonna go back to those harps when you when you get on that harmonica i am um aspiring to be a harmonic pl- harmonica player i you know i'm learning as we go here but uh, when i've heard you get on that harmonica it's like whoa i appreciate that that's cool yeah <laughs> And Goals. Between, <laughs> between harmonica and guitar, I mean, you you can say with the utmost confidence that you are 100% self-taught then. You never walked into a room for a lesson by anybody. No, I've never okay. taken a lesson. Yeah. I, I take that back. I did take some lessons, but... Uh, I don't know. It just wasn't my mo. It was, yeah. I was, yeah. So you so, tried it, but you said I got this mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And ashamedly, I, I can't read music. I'm with you. Um, That's what I'm I was just going to ask. With learning from a book like that, did you learn to read music or no? no? Tablature, I, I suppose. Right. I mean, it's, I, it's, it's over all the years I can look at it now and kind of start figuring it out. But no, and even like measures and you know talking the lingo and you know building songs, I don't know any of that. It's all just off see the just feel, seat of my pants yeah. it really yeah. is it really is yeah. i don't know how you guys i don't know how you guys you know <laughs> how you write your songs and stuff which we'll talk about later i hope you sure know. absolutely but, but yeah it's uh that's a that's one of them arguments like uh politics in a bar you know there's no point in arguing which is better should you have learned to read music or should you have uh yeah. oh, I don't... playing by ear there's no everybody has their gift one way or another there's that, no yeah. right or wrong there yeah there is yeah. Nev- never yeah. any discussion i agree i so, agree do you mind? I'd like to go back to, like, um, talking about 
that first, even in that first open mic that you played where you've like learned in the basement how to play and you came out to play for the first time and you talked about it was different with the sound system and everything else. It, it was funky. Yeah. yeah. And, and nerves. <laughs> so I caught by the look that it was like, oh, there was a bit of nerves there. Yeah, it, it was because, it was, you know, again, first time on the stage, that was part of it, but a lot of it was... It's just like this open mic, there's a lot of the local musicians mm. in the audience. So it's like, yeah. oh man, you know. Yeah. And I, when I played, like my guitar was real lame. It just had a passive pickup. So I went straight into the board. I didn't have yeah. a DI box and stuff, which I learned soon after to, you know, get that beefed up. So yeah, it was, it was, it was still good. I, I think um, the feeling I got from it was everybody gave me the nod of approval because I was. I was on my rhythm, I was on my, I wasn't off tune, you know, mm -hmm. even though I was ill-prepared instrument-wise and whatnot, you know, it was, but uh, here again, a couple, two, three weeks later, those guys, they were awesome mentors. They said, hey, yeah. you should do this, you should do that, this will make your guitar better. They showed me so much. So you found total support. It wasn't like a, oh, no, look at you fail no, over there. I'm no. going to be better than you. Yeah. No, our yeah. local, all of our local musicians and back in that day, they were yeah. just like everybody is now. They were so yeah. supportive. Right on. So, yeah. yeah and, and again, that's just kind of, I learned from it. I just yeah. took it all to heart and I'm like, okay, this is cool. It wasn't long after I bought my own PA system and stuff, you know, and started messing with that in the basement. When the family wasn't home, yeah. <laughs> <Of course>. <laughs> <laughs> and a whole nother set of learning curves there is yeah. like yeah. Oh, learning man. how to set that. Yeah, you don't down. want the PA getting put in the freezer. I suppose. No. I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be a little harder to you know hide what? that. And after whatever fifteen twenty years, I'm still PA illiterate. I just yeah. You know, I was listening to a different podcast today. Uh, it was with Chris Shiflet. What was the? Uh, I was going to say plucking strings, but that would have been wrong. Uh, walk in the floor. Walk that the would floor be yours, Ted. Yeah, that would be, that would be ours. Uh, oh, yes, ours. But yeah, he, I mean, he was talking to uh, Shooter Jennings. I listened to Chris Shiflett's Shooter Jennings podcast, and he, it was super fun. But uh, yeah, they got, in, they got into the whole, I think what Alice and I have, when you say you're PA illiterate, we, we're battling that as well. As far, and not just PA, but gear. Yeah, I fought wanting to be a gear guy. I'm like, I just want my guitar and I want to write music and I want to make music and somebody else can help me get it to sound good. <laughs> Not oh, good, you know what I mean? That is, but there's like an identity though. crisis that is, there. That's that's me all over the place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the same you thing. You know, some people have a knack with um, like equipment and computer stuff and yeah. technology, this, that, and the other thing. I am not one of those <laughs> people. And I, yeah, we're, we're testing our marriage right now. Yeah. Like, we got Pro Tools, and we're like we're going to oh, do our next album at home, and and uh, woo! But uh, <laughs> that is a long and tenuous journey, right yeah, there. Yeah, and it's it's started, and it's a pretty pretty chiseled up road right now. As we've it, talked in the past, and I'm 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 not I'm right on your heels with that because I'm doing the same thing, building a studio and trying to learn the software, and it's just like oh, it's so it's so much. It's like, can I just play the songs, and can it just record it and make it sound good yeah. for me? Like Where's without the be awesome moving all, yeah, I want the be awesome button. Just that's I'll push exactly, that one. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. It's not that we're dumb at it. We're just not interested in like you know what I mean. It's, I, yeah, it's like it's just so complex, and there's so much to do and so much to learn. And it's like. Yeah. It's kind of boring. Right. I just want to play music. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and we haven't touched on it yet, and we will later, but we're, like, you and us, like, we're all songwriters. So, I mean, we're artists by trade, and it's, uh, like, we were talking... With Devin. With Devin. It's, like, artists, like, really, the word perfection really shouldn't be, be involved. It's, it's <laughs> tough know? to put it's, it together. And there's yeah. all different kinds of personality types, you know. Yeah. But yeah. it's, like, uh, oh, I got to be technical and precise i just want to be over here being arty and just yeah. like abstract yeah. and doing whatever it is i want to do without structure yeah. that's a fact <laughs> but the brutal reality is you do need to embrace all yeah. that it's, stuff yeah. unfortunately i think i think we're all going to be happy that we've done it especially now that we found out we're kind of and i knew we kind of were like tripping on each other's heels there so there might be a ted and alice visit out to the yes. Hensler studio <laughs> we're all in this point. together yeah. <laughs> we've, yep. we've established something here this is good <laughs> so when we were talking about sound that reminded me of last weekend so we were up here in the copper room for um dan kohlberg's 50th birthday party and i'm so happy that we got invited to that because you were the music for the night yeah. and that's that's the first time I think that I've had a chance to sit through a set or two of your music, and it was just, it was so much fun to... Mm -hmm. That was a fun night, too, because yeah, yeah. most commonly I play in a duo with Chris, with Chris. my son-in-law, yeah. 
And I, I don't play that many solo shows, not that I yeah, can't. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so fun about playing solo shows is you can break out of the mold because we do we, we pretty much stick to a regular set list. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that loosely because I'm not that organized. But yeah. um, we do stick to a set list. We play a lot of music that we both know. But that night was fun because I was playing stuff. Like, I was pulling stuff out I hadn't played in Ten, yeah. ten years, yeah. and it was just like knocking it off. It was kind of fun, you know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't stumbling too much over the material. No, it was great. No, it was, it great. was so yeah. much fun. I really enjoyed yeah, it. That um, was fun. Yeah, you know, open mic night has been fun too because I've had a chance to get to hear the different local musicians. Yeah. Um, but this was fun because it was not just two or three songs or four or whatever, but a, a full set, full night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was it was fun. I did it just as always a mix of covers and a mix of originals yeah. you know mm-hmm. it was interesting Devin made a, a interesting comment on the last podcast he said uh, I was talking about that experience in Mitchell okay where mm-hmm. he, was, yeah, yeah. he was playing a lot of originals and he said how, how you lose your audience after a while and that is that's that's a real thing when you're you know as a musician playing yeah. for a bar crowd if, mm-hmm. if you will it's yeah right, like, right you have to yeah. find that delicate mix of covers and, and originals you know and hope that you can keep yeah. everybody yeah, it's interested, like, yeah, we're will. the balance there, finding that. Um, Ted and I have, I think, made our music career a lot more complicated for yeah, we, <laughs> ourselves. We, uh, yeah, yeah we, I, we, we don't play covers, I mean, pretty much. I, we do some that, of something that we want to play, but yeah. yeah, if somebody yells out Freebird, they don't stand a chance in hell <laughs> well, about, or anything like that. Of a lot of that. it is because we just simply, there's no way we could play it. Yeah, like, and like some, some right. of it I don't know, and even, you know, I guess I do know some of them, but I'm not going to play them. Yeah. We're stubborn. But still, you guys have a great show. Regardless, well, thank you. And, well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and, and you do hold people's interest with your show because the music is great. We've and bombarded them long enough. Yeah, they now like, know oh, our songs. And they're <laughs> I can't remember whose podcast I was listening to the other day, and I was like, I'm going to try this trick and see if it actually works. Because it, it was a guy out in Wyoming who was a, a musician out there, but he was saying how everybody has a price. And somebody walked up to the stage and offered him 100 bucks. To pay to play, I think it was a George Strait song, and I can't remember which one. So he's like, "For a hundred bucks, I'll play it." <laughs> and I'm like, "You know, I'm, if that ever happens to me, that I'm offered a hundred bucks to play a song, and it depends on the song, I suppose." Too. Exactly. <laughs> game, my, I think my game is going to be: you said a hundred bucks, okay, a hundred and one dollars, and you got it. I'll do it because in my head I'm like if they need to hear that song that they can go outside and get on their phone or turn on the radio and it might be there they need to hear it that bad right here right now by somebody else playing it bump it up a dollar yeah. we got a deal there you go <laughs> that's a good way to handle Interesting. Yeah. challenge the musician syndrome yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, 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 that's what, what happens somebody shouts out a request and all of a sudden it's this competition to see if they can challenge you with requests yeah yeah <laughs> And I've made the mistake before of like, oh, come on, you know, oh, what was, uh, it was a Neil Young song. It was up here in the coffee room several months ago, and the, uh, a fellow wanted to hear a Neil Young song. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. At any rate, and I didn't know it, but I, I knew the song, but I didn't know how to play it. Ah, so uh-huh. you went to, And of course, went, I, made, oh, okay. I made the utter terrible mistake of, okay, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> And it just always ends in disaster because <laughs> you know, there's nothing worse than practicing on the stage. I've never, that's, I've it's never. It's just not very yeah, comfortable. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> however, no, go ahead. I'm I was going to say, however, I am guilty of that at times. It's yeah. not uncommon, but however, anyway. Yeah, we can. As I say, we can go to some like a. Let's just say if you have a lackluster show that you know it's a it's a bar <laughs> show or something, and the crowd is either eating supper or off playing darts or doing something else. Sometimes we'll use those as our practice nights. Well, like, there you go. Got a new original yeah. you worked on to be like, yeah, we can screw it up here. And we'll notice <laughs> yeah, work. nobody knows work the difference some anyways. Kinks, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we just told our that secret. That is true. Yeah. So you play, uh, and we will get into your songwriting career here in a sure. minute, but um, but predominantly when you're doing your live shows uh, locally or out and about, um, how often are you, you know, you said not very often, but your son-in-law is Chris, right? Chris yes. Cortez, he's mm-hmm. your son-in-law. Yep. And he's predominantly playing an electric guitar with you, right? Tip, uh, most tip, commonly, most electric common? or acoustic, depends on the venue. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. But that, that's, that's been our duo as of late, um, the last few years or so. Yeah. And you're called the Rough Diamonds, Yep, right? the Rough okay. Diamonds. We rebranded ourselves, if you will. Do you have a Facebook page? We... <laughs> 
that's a that's a topic of humor. Yes, we do, and I haven't accessed it in months. Okay, <laughs> okay. so you can find the rough diamonds on yeah, Facebook, we're on but Facebook, it might not be there's up not today. much activity there. And that's a goal of mine for yeah. this year is to get get into that page and start working on it and putting songs on it and stuff. Yeah, but um. We, we, we've over the years I've been through a number of different bands we've uh, we started out my brother and I started out as a, a acoustic duo called Pot Valley okay and um, that went on for quite a while um, well I remember years ago and I didn't interject <coughs> but uh, when the when which is now the landing, which is not open, but then it was called the Seven Bar. You had a bigger band down there for a while, didn't you? Didn't it, you play there with more of like a four piece? We had a four piece for a while. We yeah. ran a four piece for about a year and a half, maybe two years, and that was the Mitigators. That's right. Uh, we'd run that. it between a three and four piece. Yes. But yeah, we were uh, early on Pot Belly. Then I uh, hooked up with Jay Gilbertson for a while, and we yeah. were J squared. Oh, funny. <laughs> okay. uh, I played with James <laughs> Dean for two and a half, maybe three years, give or take, and we were the J because we both had Gibson J uh, 200s. Yes, you do. We were called the Js. Um, And then Kevin kind of came back in the scene and Chris came on board and we got back into the Potbelly Trio for a number of years. Then we went into the Mitigators 4-piece and everybody's moved away and now Chris and I came back out as a rough diamond. So right yeah, on. yeah, it's just for lack of, <laughs> you know, d- diamond in the rough or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, that, that describes us perfectly just because, you know, we're rough around the edges, but polished where it counts. That's, That's all right. Motto. That's what we like about you guys. <laughs> right on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a lot of us, it's your attitude towards music too. It's, yeah. I mean, I'm not, like as far as performing, I don't get anal about it. I'm just always laid back. Whatever mm-hmm. happens, happens. If we screw up, we screw up. You know, I mean, it's just uh, that helps a lot. So that now you don't really get very nervous. I really don't anymore. That's awesome. I used to suffer stage fright, terrible. That's <laughs> just, I mean, you know yeah. anybody else who has stage fright, Alice? No, can't think of anyone. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I was always told a lot of musicians do, though. Coming oh, into a gig, a lot of musicians yeah, do well, get butterflies, and you well, that, that becomes creative energy, is not creative, but just positive energy. Well, and it's it's uh, yeah, it's adrenaline too. I mean, because mm-hmm. I mean, if honestly, like with with the songwriting that we take to places if uh, you know when displaying our art if i if the day came i never did get nervous to perform my own works i think i'd hang it up because that then it was if it, it, and that just kind of kind of can be a called a cliched statement too like if it wasn't exciting anymore sure you know i guess there's a difference between that and being exciting and being all out nervous and stage fright so well, maybe yeah. i should i could re- retake some of that i like the way you guys both stated that like nervous or positive energy and adrenaline because through my, not to talk about myself for a second, but I'm going to, through my <laughs> stage fright days, um, which I still have it, like some shows will be worse than others, but I always viewed it as such a negative. It was like, oh no, here comes this feeling again, and I'm going to get really nervous and shaky and scared, and my voice is going to be, and then it just like, oh, it just tanks from there, because it's like <laughs> building, 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 instead yeah. of looking at it as a positive thing and saying, hey, I have all this adrenaline, all this positive energy. It's like, whoa, I'm going to have so much for this show. It's like just a total different way of yeah. getting your brain to think. It, it is. I agree. And it, it, I don't think a person could just flip that switch and no, make it. No, 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 no. And there are all those gigs that are just... Um, it, it might be special to you in one way or another yeah. and coming into it it's like okay it's special so I'm nervous about this you know and I hope it goes good and like I said I hope my voice doesn't crack I hope uh, mm-hmm. and PA- even if it does who cares like that's the and, thing and, I'm learning those are those kind of like sometimes those drag a little bit coming into the show but once you mm-hmm. as always mm-hmm. one, once everything starts flowing it's just yeah, like exactly. yeah. pretty right. soon yeah. and of course I love the shows where the PA is perfect and the voice uh, is perfect yeah. and when you, you, have a, you, like you just can make no mistakes like, Yeah. what is it about that it's like a magical thing happens when everything was just right yeah and <laughs> I, you know what and I think that's what causes butterflies because yeah, I I'm not. I don't think anybody is that good of a performer that they can make every performance 100. Right. It's like playing golf or it's like doing whatever. You have a good day and you have a bad day. Yep. But yep. when you're a performer and you're on a stage, and you have eyes on you, and <laughs> I always say there's two things that everybody's an expert on: music and food. I mean, they're just <laughs> they have an opinion and they know what they like and they know what's good, you know, and they're yeah, opinionated. Yep. So yeah, yeah, and it's like you get in front of an audience and it's not a good night and it's like. Oh. <sighs> You know, yeah. But 
And again, I compare those nights to, as I call that driving in a blizzard because uh, you got <laughs> I like through that it. Analogy. Yes, and you get through it and you made your destination, but it, it was wasn't kinda, pretty it was rough, rough. and it wasn't yes. easy. It was nerve wracking. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so it's interesting, like as you were talking about like playing for an audience and how the audience can kind of give you feedback. Um, like I know for myself when we play a show, so if the audience is into it, it's like they give you this energy back and then you can wrap it up and send it back to them and it's just just beautiful back and forth. Yeah. When it's when it's kind of a dead crowd, I don't want to say a dead crowd, but it's like just a a slower night or the crowd for whatever reason, maybe your PA's not dialed in, or maybe the sound level's a little too low, or just it's an off night, they're just not in. It's like that energy you're giving out there just kind of falls on dead ears. It yes. does, and that's the driving in the blizzard part. Yeah. yeah. Right. Then you're just like, okay, we're pressing through uh, this, and yeah. It's going to so, take you, hours you, you just, and, and that's, I think that's where the anxiety comes from, is because yeah. you hope it's not going to be one of those nights. You know, so I hope it's an energetic night. Yeah. But it's funny, I've, I've gotten beyond that. I, I really have. Only in the last probably couple years, I just... Really? We go out, we pound out the gig, you know, and it's just, it goes off, and I know it sounds good, and we always get kudos at the end of the night, you know, even mm -hmm. whether we felt like we were doing good or not good. So... It's like, okay, here we are, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that very well. It's kind of one of those things like anything you do, you've done it for so many years, and it, it just kind of rolls off after a while. Sure, yeah. Sure. That makes yeah. sense. No, it makes, it makes sense. makes perfect sense. And well, I, I know you guys can relate to that because, yeah. you know, you perform regularly as well. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think at this point we have learned some wonderful stuff about you locally here and everything. We're going to... Uh, Take a quick little break, and uh, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to come back, and Jay, I think we're going to talk to you about your songwriting. Awesome. Your formulas and your songs and, uh, and what you've done thus far. So cool. we will be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and uh, we must tell the audience that uh, the first half went really well, so we decided to reward ourselves and... We are all partaking of a Ben's Brewing beer, ain't we? We are. Yes, yep. we are. There's, the round table has some tasty brews. Tasty Ben's beers. You can't yeah. see it, but there's big smiles on big our smiles face. Big smiles on the face, <laughs> right, right. And, uh, you know, the title of this podcast is called Pluckin' Strings with Ted and Alice Miller. And I know, Alice, we gave the crowd in, the, uh, in our opener uh, teaser, you know, we said we were going to leave it up to the musician whether they wanted to play a song in-house. and. Yeah. Uh, and Jay has decided on the 50-50 that of whether they would or not, and he wants to. Jay came equipped with his guitar. Yeah, we're gonna, he's going to pluck some strings for he us. He said, so. Ted and Alice, you will let me play a song, or there is going to be a mutiny up here <laughs> or something. <laughs> so, Jay, it's going to be original work, correct? It is original. So that's all we want to hear. It's so. a song that was written about two or three years ago. And as we had talked, this is a song that I don't play regularly on the stage because I wrote this song. It was a very challenging song to play. So uh, it just doesn't get played that often. And I thought, you know what? It's time to break that song out and just let the audience hear it once. So I can't wait to hear it. So yeah. what's, what's the title of this song going to be? Uh, it's Back to You is the name of the okay. song. I wrote it about three years ago, three or four years ago. And it was a point in life where there was something that was um, important to me that was being, there was a risk of that being taken away without my control. I was going to lose something mm. fairly dear to me. And... Mm -hmm. I had to wait, uh, as the circumstances went, there was uh, about a half a day of waiting to find out what was going to be the outcome of this circumstance. And I had already written the, or not written, but I fell onto the melody with the guitar on, the, uh, on this song. And while sitting there that afternoon, I just, I was like, God, I got to, you know, time was dragging. I got to do something to occupy my mind. And I wrote this song. I wrote it in about okay. 45 minutes. Okay. And it's just been a keeper. But oh, awesome. But it's a very challenging song to play. It's I easy the, to screw up. Yeah. <laughs> so cross my fingers. And sometimes, like, I don't know if you feel this way too, but those songs that just, like, beg to be written, they almost, like, write themselves, like... You know, 45 minutes is not a lot of time to spend writing a song. And no. so it's like it just kind of spills out. It does. It, and, and, and that's a perfect example of it. And, that the, one and just, it's like usually they're the keepers. Like it's like uh, this song needed to be written. They are. They are. And you get done with a, with an experience like that. You just get done and you just smile and go, 
wow, yeah, that's amazing. That. How did I just do that? Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing this tune. Uh, yeah. Like and what is the title of this song? Back to you. Back, Back to, to you. you. Yep. All right, take it away, my friend. All right. I don't know what to do right now I just want to make it better Didn't see this coming at all We're in for nasty weather But I don't know I don't have the answer Where to go Except back to Doesn't seem like it's been very long But time has a way of passing Every time I look in the mirror I see my face showing those signs of time I can't take it back So yeah, yeah, yeah Coming back to Looking back at myself Not sure about how I got here So many more routes to travel So many more things to do together But I don't know Where to go Except back to you Back to Jay, that was fantastic. Nice. Thanks Very for sharing. Nice. Hey, thanks, Very man. Nice. Yeah. Thanks I, a lot. I loved it. I loved the. That's that's one of those songs I need to start bringing out on the stage and stuff more. Yeah. Just because yeah. it's, start, it's finally starting to get accomplished. I, I like I say, I wrote it three years ago and have stumbled. That that it's a flat picking. You saw the probably saw mm-hmm. the flat mm-hmm. picking, and uh, it's taken a couple of years to get that down where I don't stumble all the time over it and frankly I'm a little amazed I didn't stumble at all on the <laughs> recording that was a good one off the pressure was yeah it was a great one off oh, yeah. you were, you you can were see nervous it. it was adrenaline <laughs> yeah. yeah adrenaline yeah. excitement yeah yeah yeah, great, great song, A, and I mean, great song to display, too, here in this room. I, yeah. mean, I Good think that highlight for, for your I thought it would be. Yeah, I just thought it would be a good song to get on here because yeah. it's not yeah. overpowering. So. Absolutely. So that was, uh, yeah, that was one of your original works of of about how many you think you have um, in the arsenal at this I've, point? I've probably got around 60 to 65 songs oh my in a songbook, but only about... 20 to 25 of those do we play regularly. Okay. Because just as I was talking with this song, let's make it 26 because this one's going to go on the playlist now. But there's there's so (laughs) many songs I've written and I like them, but when I play them, it's just like, that's just, I don't know. I I just, I don't, I'm not satisfied with them. So it's nothing I'll take to a stage, if that makes sense to you guys. And maybe you've done that too. Mm -hmm. You, you, You write a song, you get a great concept, you write a song and it comes out and 
when it's all said and done, and I'm talking like six months later because you've played it over and over and over and you've oh, really yeah. worked on it and stuff, put a lot of effort into it, and it's like, it's just not what I want to hear in this mm. song. If, yeah, if that don't happen to me, a lot of times it's I need to divorce a song for a while. You know, Like if I've played it for so long, I'm <laughs> like, that one here. just needs to go, and maybe so, in a year we'll play it again. Exactly. Uh, you know, or <laughs> and that, however, has been the fun part as of late because now I go back through the songbook and I go, oh, I remember that song. I wrote it, sure. played it, it lost momentum, and now it's sitting in the songbook. I'm going to get that back out. And Main Street, which we recorded for Open Mic, perfect example of yeah. that. I wrote that song 12 years ago. Uh, just never finished it. I just never finished the song. And uh, just this year, three weeks before Christmas, for whatever reason, it popped in my head. I'm like, oh, you know what? Goal. I'm gonna finish that damn song. And that and song's pretty much about Ben's and the and the downtown vibe of Yankton, correct? Mm-hmm. It is. Right. It is. So we were talking on the break, Alice, to our guest here, Jay Hensler, and we were talking about how Jay has not quite got into making an album yet, but uh, I think we pretty much have just established Ted and Alice Miller have established that Jay will be making an album soon because he's got some songs to record i think there's no turning back you've made it to plucking strings with ted and alice and we've made the decision you're uh you're locked in my friend it is time this is a podcast for songwriters so true true you are one of those maybe we need to switch it to songwriters and album makers and uh, so you know just kidding no pressure jay right right that is that's a big goal in a year no i'm just So, you know, early we touched base on, you know, when you got started playing and everything, which is wonderful and great info. Uh, what, when did the t- scales tip to be like, I'm going to be a songwriter and I've, I'm honing my own craft here. And then how did you run with that? I, and I, to be honest, I don't remember what year it was, but it was probably somewhere around 18 years ago. I'd probably have been playing for three or four years and had been performing now regularly in bars and whatnot. And Ironically, it comes from a magazine article about Tom Petty, and it was uh, he was talking about how he became a musician and all that stuff. It was one of those awesome articles we all read and enjoy reading. But he said um, he he was in a cover band and they played covers and stuff, and he, he said that was cool, but he he just never felt in his mind that he could cover the song the way it should be covered, you know, to the level it was written and whatnot. So he started writing his own music because it was just easier to start going his own way. It was a fascinating article. And it that's what That's what did it. That's what inspired me. I'm okay. like, you know, that makes perfect sense because I, I play covers in the bars and, and I I always play I play them in my own style. And it's funny because I you, noticed that the other night. There was a few songs I was gonna bring up, that. but I, yep. I, there was there was a uh, particular I'm glad you say one that. one musician or one band, you played a bottle rocket song. And I'm like, you put that in Jay Hensler's style. That was that was pretty unique. But, and, and, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason I do that is because that's the that's the limit of my ability to play mm-hmm. it at that level. So there's a lot of musicians that are much more talented than I am, and they can reproduce a song to a T. I'm not that guy. I'm gonna you're gonna you're gonna hear it in my in my interpretation, and that's as far as it's gonna get. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna give you my own personal opinion on that. It's my Look opinion. Out personal but i love it when someone covers a song and changes it a bit to make it their own in their own style yeah same here yeah i I enjoy that that's those are fun shows to watch when musicians break out a cover like that yeah so anyway but with that all in mind i'm like you know i'm just gonna start writing my own stuff because then nobody else can say well you didn't cover it the way it was supposed to be covered you know and that's kind of how it started. And I wrote my very first song. It was called Winter in Dakota. I played it at open mic a couple times. And it was about the winters that we get here. It was one day, it was kind of blizzardy. It was like, you know, 10 below zero or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I had errands I had to run in town and I had a couple bills I was supposed to go pay. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going out in this crap. It's too cold. So I sat <laughs> inside and I was sitting in the sun, you know, the sun shining in the window and it's a warm spot. And that song just came to mind. It was just funny. And I worked up a melody for it on the guitar and wrote it. And I don't perform it regularly, but I play it regularly by myself. And it's just a great right. song, you know. <clears throat> but it, it just described it described the day and it described what my life was doing at the time and whatnot, you know. And uh, that's how it started. Uh, that was the first one. That was got the ball rolling. It did. Okay. It really right did. And I had so much fun with that. that I, yeah, I just started writing songs. <clears throat> 
And, I, you know, and as you guys are probably well aware, I can't flip a switch and just go sit down and write a song. Okay. It's like you're driving home from work or something, and, a, and just a melody pops in your head. And it's, it's just in there, and you're just like humming it, humming it, humming it. I break out the phone immediately and hum it into the phone. Okay. 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 And then I go home, and I'll take that and I might not be able to work it into the key I was humming it but I find the next closest key on the guitar and start working a melody up that's how my songs often start so okay go on I'm sorry yeah, and, and I'll work up a melody on the guitar and then I'll find like a whatever a bridge and a chorus to that melody and stuff like that and just start and start building start but building are you still and humming at this point or do you now, now, you now, I'm, now I'm on the guitar but, I'm, okay. but it's, in, it's in my head I know where it yeah, wants yeah. to go all right, all right. and oftentimes the songs write themselves as you guys are probably well aware too but at any rate Finally, I'll have a decent flowing melody that can be repeated two or three times as a verse and whatnot. Then I sit down and start going, okay, now I need a concept. What do I want to write? You know, what, what's what's yeah. important in my mind this week, okay. you know? Yeah. Or yeah. whatever. And that's and then I'll start trying to work on lyrics and whatnot. That's the hardest part for me is songwriting is doing lyrics. Okay. I have a really tough time. And I think there's two reasons for that. Um, one reason is that I, I've got, um, I was born with a lot of hearing loss. I don't hear phonetic sounds. So if we're in a noisy bar, I people are talking to me. I have no idea what they're saying. Music's the same way. When I listen to a song, there's so much going on in the song. I can't decipher the lyrics. I have to pull the insert out. Yeah. And I have to read those lyrics. So like, I think that's been a bit of a detriment to be writing lyrics because uh, you know, I don't, you, when you listen to a lot of lyrics and know them well, you kind of know how to do that. That's number one. Number two, I'm not a heavily opinionated person. Okay. And I found that good songwriters are heavily opinionated because they okay. find good matter, subject matter to write about. That means something to them and they're yeah. passionate about yeah. it and strong. Of, so, yeah. and Interesting. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm neither of those. So that, that's always, that's always made lyrics come hard for me. But, okay. But they do. Eventually, I come up with something. And so once you find the lyrics, that's awesome to find content to write about. But you have to time those lyrics to fit the song. Right. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. number two. And that's the fun part. I love that part. Okay. I just right. love making timing and making the song flow, you know, because, you know, there's so much lyric that will fit in a certain line. And it's got it's got to be timed just right. And, Otherwise, and knowing, it's awkward. Yeah. Knowing where those pauses should be or, like, hold on to a <laughs> note just to... Like really, because that can make a big difference in that how the too. song is delivered. Big time. Yeah, but I, I guess finding the space mm -hmm. in the song for the lyrics. But time, yeah, the time and, breathe, and timing right? them. Because, yeah. yeah, and then after that, you build the song, and like we were talking about earlier, uh, then I'll, I'll I'll lay down a rough version of it and listen back to it, and I'll sometimes I'll listen to this just, which is probably obsessive, but I'll listen to it over and over for mm -hmm. a couple hours. Well, then we're all. And then Three all, of us are obsessive here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, and that's how you, then you start polishing. Then, then comes the polishing and arranging of the song. Okay. So that's how, and that's my process, basically. That's how yeah. I write most of my songs. And don't get me wrong, sometimes the melody's already there. And like I say, with that song right there, I, I sat down and wrote the lyrics in 45 minutes and it was well, done. That was going to be just, my next question, is how, is how you did that, <clears> because I, it, it can work differently for me depending on, how a song inspires me to have it or how it comes about. Yeah. You know, it can be, if it's a fun song, man, you know, maybe it'll come a little easier for something more deep in meaning. Maybe it's going to take a little longer because you're going to get more self-conscious about it. But so, but when you sit down to write your lyrics, you are 45 minutes. I mean, whatever, when you have the idea, well, how did my day get affected or how did this? Like, yeah. So you're, it takes you longer to, to put the song together musically than it does lyrically. Is that what that, you're saying? That particular one, yes. However, there's other songs where I break down the melody, I get a concept of what I want to write about, I might write a verse or two, mm -hmm. and then for the next week, it's just locked solid in your mind. Everywhere you go, you're constantly running that song. I hear you there. Yeah. And, and pretty soon lyrics start building out of that too. Same thing. And, and even still, you're like, okay, there's a lyric idea here, a lyric idea there. But it's not until like the following Saturday, you got three hours free, you got coffee in, on the table, and it's just all of a sudden, bam, you're, you're in the mode and you start slamming out lyrics again. Same deal. Oop. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah, no, I hear so, you. So that that's my process. I don't have a set process in mind. It's just I have to go with what hits me. And again, 
just because I enjoy the process so much. Yeah. Like I say, it's just, it'll be in my head constantly. It's funny because when I'm at work, a lot of people say, you know, I see it coming down the hall and you're always whistling. Well, they don't, <laughs> they don't realize that I am running a song in my head. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working here, you know? And yeah. So that's, yeah, it's part obsession, part whatever science part whatever you know but more obsession than anything of not giving up on the idea and stuff sure sure like with uh so another question i always like to ask and a lot of a lot of times people can think it's cliched like i I said the same i said the same precursor with Devin, but uh i think i could throw out a few guesses from seeing you play live but but uh not even just recent like you know you said your mother was in a, a jazz trio trio right it was trio uh it, 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 anywhere from a trio to a five to seven piece actually. okay because oh, wow. that's, that's how bands were back then you know yeah kind of an orchestra type thing yeah yeah so. yeah you bet so from that on is there a, is there a chronological band of influences that you cite i mean mainly i guess for my interest mainly for songwriting you know not just like uh, popular bands kind of a thing. I don't know. Who, Where do you like, draw your, your inspiration? Uh, yeah. Who are some of your musical influences? Yeah. First off, and, you, know? you know, I was thinking about that because that was one of the questions you asked Devin too. And I thought, okay, who are my musical influences? The thing is, that's so broad. It is so, so enormously broad. I don't know if that fixed that, but <laughs> at any rate, um, it, it, I, I, I can't cite too many of them, but like, um, there's people like James McMurtry, Robert Earl. I Keen. heard you speak some James McMurtry. The other yep, day. Uh, Guster. I love those uh, guys. You had me at and, Guster. And Guster's so much fun, but like you, you can't cover their stuff. I can't cover their stuff. I've tried. It's so complex and so awesome. They just do it so well that yeah. you just you can't cover their stuff and give it I, the credit it deserves. Or to sing like, the, can't remember the lead singer's to name. Go on he's the unique. Guster off for a moment. <clears throat> it's like, and even to do harmonies, like I don't know, uh, they can take the most complex subject or like really depressing subject and just make it sound it's like amazing. awesome yeah. and happy but it's not so and, oop, I keep moving around <laughs> you're okay. just sound like a connection and a good point right there however um, that's the next idea for the next song I'm going to be working on I've got I've got a concept in mind uh-huh. uh, and I've decided I'm going to try to write something that's going to allow multiple harmonies on it because I haven't oh. done many harmony songs mm-hmm. okay. <clears throat> I have but um, I'm I'm going to yeah that's my next goal for a song is just to try yeah. something that's got multiple harmonies opportunity in it if you will and go with something like that you know when early on when I started writing music I was going to mention this too I started writing songs and like the first four songs I wrote were all in G because G is such an easy chord progression and all of a sudden I'm like okay I gotta break out of that mold so I just started writing songs in this week I'm going to do a song in D and the next song I write is going to be an A and the next song is going to be an F and I started doing that mixing up the keys of the songs and that it's a good thing to do because it forces you to break out of your comfort zone yeah. and do di- try different things, I guess, if you will. You and know? then it's nice, like, everything doesn't sound the same. <clears throat> exactly. You, know, you have all these different... Cheers to the man, woman, or whoever who invented the capo. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of capos, again, from Devin's podcast, also a, a, oh, right, right. a, a I know profound point about you don't need a capo, yeah. just do bar chords. Yep. That was an amazing thing for, yeah. to hear. And... Uh, I suck at bar chords enormously. Well, well it, is, it is a true statement. I've I, I got these with that. crooked okay. fingers, so to try to bar with that, <laughs> no. And if, especially if you're an acoustic player a lot. I mean, yeah. that's where the the, the uh, bar chord thing can become a little more challenging, you know? Yeah. Like when back playing in punk bands with an electric guitar or a telly or something, it'd be like, yeah, give me bar chords all day. I'll exactly. Johnny Ramone it all day, you know? Yep. But, uh, yeah, acoustic it's a little, can be a little different. Most of my stuff, is hard. I do all open chords, and I don't do complex chords. I don't have a big reach. I've got, you know, my, i got carrots for fingers here, so I don't have a wide reach on guitar. And in all honesty, I always I've tell... I've never heard that carrots for <laughs> There are. There's just like little short carrot sticks, man. So I don't have a lot of reach <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the fretboard. And as, actually, as a guitar player, I it's not my strong point it's not my strong suit even though i cover myself well and stuff i struggle with most of what i play on the guitar which you know that's why i I enjoy your style ted just because you've got that awesome choppy you do a lot of you know just (laughs) well thank you even it could be a blessing or a curse like i can listen to you or or for instance when uh like Matt Fockler was here the other day them yeah you guys that can just play so gently i never learned how to play guitar gently yeah like i'm always 
taking it out on a guitar. It seems like I guess I don't <laughs> Which, know. But. <laughs> that's, I kind of I kind of deviate that direction too a lot. A lot of my stuff more choppy and yeah. strong playing, but I love your style. That's just well, I, 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 that. I love that choppy, that fun style like that. It's a controlled, it's a controlled thing, and it's a quality thing. I just like how you integrate that into your songs and stuff. Pretty cool. Well, thank you. That's thank you so much. Kind of a goal of mine. I've never been able to get that. <laughs> I can't do the loose wrist thing and get that fast strumming pattern going on. You know, it's just. Well, always... I can't do any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, I can watch though. <laughs> that was like I think right before we made the last album we made. I I channeled, there was one song that we wrote that we put on there that I had some finger picking style done, and for as aggressive a guitar player as I play, I I I just couldn't be comfortable with it because it sounded too quiet and huh. uh, a thumb pick. I decided to go down the road of evolving and playing it with a thumb pick to give it a little more heat, you know. Nice. And uh, I probably should have just left that alone and learned how to play guitar gently. But for <laughs> some reason, I just won't let that happen. No. I'm one of them guys that it, that uh, I'm always have an extra set of strings along because I'm going to break one. <laughs> yep. Well, <laughs> you know? consider it a quality, man. Yeah. It's a good fit. That's all, you know. And finger picking, holy smokes. I've, I've, I've dabbled in that, and I just I don't yeah. have the patience and I don't have the skill to do it properly, so I don't do much finger picking. I do all flat picking for myself. So you sixty five songs ish written. That's yeah, you're right around give or take. But yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. Tell you, I should dig. I, I, actually, I was going to bring my songbooks in, and because and it's funny. Like I, I, I did. I went around, went down and cataloged all my songs probably a year ago. So it's give or take. Uh, at any rate, I started going through all the songs I wrote. I've got about three or four notebooks, you know, spiral notebooks, and my lyrics are always a disaster because and maybe yours are too I've saved every song I've written from the like the rough draft and some of them are written on envelopes some yeah, of them right, are written right, on right. Yep, yep, yep. yeah and it's so funny because the verse is written and then there might be a chorus and two pages later there's the third verse or the second <laughs> verse you know and, and then eventually I'll write the whole song properly in good writing you know and lay it out but yeah and they're, they're all I've, I've saved all that stuff it's kind of interesting to go back and go through it you know yeah awesome so you like to hand write I, I do. I, not, I've not evolved to the phone yet. You know, uh, with my phone, I, I just I jot down ideas. Okay. That's all I do. Right on. So and, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, as far as as the art form goes of writing, as some people prefer that pen and paper, they want that pen and paper in your hands and then yeah. the next person is like no i'll just type it all yeah. this person's techie yeah and, we didn't get up we didn't we weren't born on that train but uh, yeah uh, i like and the old school once it's all said and done i do i do make a i type it up and make a yeah, that's fair that's fair yeah but really for the most part you sit with a guitar and a pen and a paper on the table and sometimes you'll you know you'll play the play the melody play the melody and you, like, like i said you find the words that fit properly into that into that melody pattern and and once you hit something and it's a good line, you write that down. And sometimes even with that, for one line in a song, it'll be like the third line in a, in a second verse, I might write down five to seven lines and just keep trying each one into that until I go, oh, that's the one that fits, you know. And that's what's saying what I want to say. It fits the meter for timing, all that kind of stuff. And again, I don't know if that's what your style of writing is either. I, I, Every song is different. Every exactly. song yeah, writes. It's, it's all over the place. Do yep. we even know what our style of writing is? <laughs> no. It's whatever happens what our style with of music that song. Is. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Yeah. I don't think there is such <laughs> yeah. a thing as a universal style of writing. So it's it's kind of funny if I can interject for just a second because mm -hmm. we're talking about styles of writing. And um, you were talking about how you hear the melodies in your head and you'll like kind of have the song formulating and you'll pick up the guitar and stuff. So I obviously don't play guitar. So I've recently started writing more music um so it's funny because i'll have a melody in my head of how this th song should go in mm -hmm. my head where i think it's gonna go yep and then i'll i'll like write out all my lyrics so it's almost like poetry and then it's like oh i and then i hand it to ted and be like here i wrote a song and then <laughs> he gets to put it to music but it's funny because sometimes and i get to <laughs> screw it all up for him i do i do sometimes <laughs> what he brings back to me is nothing like i thought the song was going to sound but it, it's actually kind of fun that way yeah because it, that's the evolution process yeah, yeah the yeah, song yeah. It, it evolves as yeah. it goes yeah i agree and that's that. fun and sometimes, and sometimes you'll play it, hear it back, and go, "It's just simply not what I want." Let's yeah. backtrack and try something different. Yeah. That's that's just the beauty of song. I never right tried here. that yet. <laughs> that's not what I want, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my friend, I think uh, 
I think our time's about up here. Um, awesome. I uh, I want to give the audience one last chance to to let them know that you are working on an album. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to have that done within the next yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, 65 songs. You got 65 songs. Let's just say you had 60, you know. You could have 10 songs an album. You get the next six years covered, you know. Uh, I think I've got enough for three albums right off the get-go. Right on. Really awesome. Perfect. We've, got, we've got close to 30 songs that are actually reproducible. So yeah. but uh, no excuse not to. No excuse now. You're on. You're on. And uh, you, the Rough Diamonds is the band you play with predominantly. That's our current Locally travel around a little yep, bit. Yep, okay. Yep. And you can find them on Facebook, but it might not be up to date. Yeah. You There's another challenge for you. You guys, <laughs> you guys are going to get Facebooky tonight. We're going to start know. getting yeah. that rolling. Uh, but you could uh, go to the Copper Room's Facebook page and look at their schedule of events because you do play here regularly. We, we yeah. do. Fairly yeah. regularly. And be sure to go to YouTube and look at the open mics from Ben's Brewing Company That's on right. that channel. Jay will be on there. Jay and Chris yeah. at the Rough Diamonds. Sure. And, uh, I was going to say that might be a topic for a future podcast. I'd love to get Chris down here and do, yeah. an, do an interview with well, as, there you go. Yeah. as yeah. Rough Diamonds. Yeah. We got job security. Thank you. Oh, he's, he's awesome. <laughs> oh, he, and he's a, he's a, he's a fascinating yeah. musician. has a great story. He grew up in Texas and played in the blues scene down there. Oh, wow. He's got a lot of super cool yeah. stories to tell, too. Right he's, a, he's actually a songwriter, too. He's He's got quite a few in well, the bag. Maybe, well, might, so, might have a, a double and then a single with Chris. So, so, something so. to consider. You yeah. Betcha. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we started this podcast you know with uh highlighting musicians like i've said in the area coming in so you are the first uh local musician that we've been able to interview for this podcast and we thank you so much oh, for being here hey thanks for having me right yeah. on super yeah, cool yeah it's been wonderful to get to sit and visit with you more yeah. uh like we found when we interviewed Devin, and same as tonight it's just such a rewarding thing i feel like i know you that much better right and, on. So, and i hope everybody out there does too make sure yeah, to look exactly. up jay hensler right exactly yeah. all, right. all right well we are signing off and until next time my friend Thanks again. Well, everybody, I really hope you enjoy, enjoyed meeting Jay. Alice, did you enjoy meeting Jay? I absolutely did. I got to tell you a secret, Ted. Hmm. I think I'm liking these podcasts too much. I think this podcast life is a, a pretty fun little ditty to do. I can't, I can't think of a better way to get to meet someone, get to know them better, and just have such wonderful conversation. Can we do one weekly? Ooh. <laughs> it may happen. I think last it one, may happen. Last one I put you on the spot and said every couple weeks, and now I'm telling now you weekly. weekly. I think, woo, they're, uh, well, hey, we better get some more songwriters locally so we have more people to interview. You know, with that being said, any of you listening out there, songwriters, music lovers, anybody that knows a songwriter, um, send them our way. Send anybody our way. Uh, this whole podcast thing is so fun. Word of mouth still works. Tell a friend to listen to Plucking Strings with Ted and Alice Miller. And if you're wondering where to find us more, uh, all the digital platforms, we're, uh, we're pretty close to being on all of them. Uh, we're working on that day by day. You can find us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Overcast, TuneIn, uh, and uh, most all of them, I think, in the, that are available out there, you should eventually be able to find us on. With that being said, please subscribe to our podcast. Please write a review. We want to know what we're doing right and doing wrong and what we can do to make uh, it all better for all of you out there because we love bringing you these podcasts, like Alice said. Lastly, again, we'd like to thank Ben Hatton for providing us the space to play music and for the other musicians that can play music and for us to uh, being able to interview them artists. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, peace.